following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. On that note, let's read this morning's uh, first reading, which is uh, Psalm 50, a psalm of Asaph. If you are reading along in your Bible, it's on page 451. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire and a mighty tempest all around him. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Selah. For our second reading, I'll be reading from, the, from Psalm 143. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications in your faithfulness. Answer me in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for no, no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing my life to the ground, making me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I think about all of your deeds. I meditate on the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear of your steadfast love in the morning, for in you I put my trust. Teach me the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. Save me, O Lord, from my enemies. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a level path. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your steadfast love, cut off my enemies and destroy all my adversaries, for I am your servant. I want to start by asking you this, uh, and in the Zoom, you can just answer me with um, a word. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to say any details about it. But I'm wondering: are you a are you an early bird or a night owl? I, now, if you if you follow us on Instagram, you can go to our Instagram page, and it's on the stories right there. You can do a vote, and it'll be very scientific. And I'll look at the results later and. <laughs> And I'll know something about my congregation I didn't know before. Um, but you can always just say it. So, or raise your hand. How many in the room are early birds? Whoa. How many of you are night owls? Okay. That's a little less than half that are night owls. But Okay. We have one of each in Zoom so far. Oh, the night owls are taking the lead. I find myself... Oddly, in between these two things, I, I get up like kind of early most days, but that's because I go to bed kind of late most days. But I think in my heart of hearts, I really want to be an early bird. Like, I really want to be the kind of person who's up and getting ready for the day. And like, um, yeah, the Zoom people are split roughly 50-52. This is so fun. Um, by the way, my favorite pandemic purchase was a sunrise alarm clock. 
it's this this LED circle thing. And instead of waking me up like with a sound like right? Alarmingly all at once, it is an alarm clock, it gradually fades in light over the course of 20 or 30 minutes until my wake-up time when it's at full brightness. And it's very much like waking up to the sunrise, not that I've done that very many times in my life. Um, but I find it a much gentler way to wake up. And uh, you, can, you can get them in lots of places. That's my pastoral lock recommendation for you today. Anyway, I'm going to come back to this early bird night owl thing a little bit later. But let me tell you first about this new series that's starting today. It's, it's called The New Normal um, with an asterisk on it because the subtitle is, is neither new nor normal. Uh, one of the weird things uh, about this season of COVID that we've been in for so long is that it's given us this whole new vocabulary. Like, how, uh, like somebody shout out through your mask the, the, the COVID vocabulary that you hate the most. Unprecedented, yes. <laughs> I saw somebody on TikTok this week that said, we were so close to getting back to precedented times. <laughs> Uh, unprecedented. What else? Virtual. Virtual. Okay. Viral load. Viral load. Okay, that's oddly medical. Yeah. <laughs> Social, distancing. Social distancing. So Melody on our, our leadership team just has told us that she hates the word pivot. She's like, don't ask us to pivot. Whatever you do, Scott, I, we're not pivoting. I'm not, I've had to pivot in too many ways. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but we also repurposed old words and phrases. Um, and one of those is the new normal. Uh, and it's a phrase that has a whole host of problems with it, right? The main one being the obvious one that I already said, which is that, you know, this isn't, it's, it's, whatever we're doing and whatever we're going to be doing is not really new exactly. It's not normal in any way. Um, and going back to something, it's like there's all those, you, you've, you've had all these, these conversations. And I, and I will also say this, I have to be a little bit honest this sermon series title was, it felt much more whimsical a month and a half ago when I came up with it. And we were all like trotting around inside with, with our masks off and stuff. Um, as far as that goes, let me give you a little, a little serious moment here. This series was conceived when I sat down one morning. It wasn't too early. It was kind of early. Um, <laughs> And I spent some time meditating and thinking in prayer on something that Father Richard Rohr said. And I don't know if it's original to him or not, but he, he was defining contemplation as a long, loving look at what is. In contrast to what you might want to be, or what was, or what will be. Contemplation, which has a long history in the Christian tradition, don't let anybody tell you otherwise, is a long, loving look at what is. And I decided I was going to sit down in my office studio and spend a long time lovingly, as much as I could, looking at what was actually true and letting for a minute, letting go of the intense focus on what I wanted to be true or what I thought might be true in three months or you have your own version of this. And out of that came several specific concepts which I will keep to myself for right now. But 
those concepts eventually became this idea to do a series called The New Normal. And, and yes, I, I thought maybe we'd be in a slightly different place today when I came up with it. But the lesson just gets deeper, I think, given what we're doing right now, which is riding out this other delta, all that stuff. But the spoiler alert is that it's not going to be new, it's not going to be normal, I'm not going to ask you to pivot. <laughs> At the same time, though, I think we do all recognize that the world is different in some ways, it's going to be different in some ways. There are, there are some things that are new to us, there are some things that don't feel normal to us that maybe will. All of that stuff is true, it's a lot to navigate, and the thing is I'm really happy that we can navigate it together. And this series is going to be how we do that as a community, how we navigate whatever this is as a community. So today the, the title is A New Day. And next week it will be A New Season. And the week after it will be A New Life. And then we'll conclude the series with a sermon called A New Truth. Remembering at all times that it's neither new nor normal. <laughs> So whether you have found church to be a constant source of strength through coronavirus or um, whether you completely dropped off the radar and just now are kind of coming back to church or whether you found us in the middle somehow, wherever you, however you found us, whenever you found us, we're glad that you're part of our community, both here in the room and, and online. We're grateful for you. So a new day. The idea of a new day is just all through the Bible. You can find it in so many places. So I'm actually going to ask you this. Bible readers, I know you're not all like super Bible readers. Some of you used to be more than you are now. Some of you are just starting to, to read the Bible. Bible readers, help me out. Either in the Zoom chat or um, shouting it out in the room, what's something that happens in the morning in the Bible, in a, in a story? Sorry, what? What did somebody say? Mercy, joy. Okay, these are great. These are concepts of things that happen uh, in the morning. And, and I, I do want to get to that. I'm thinking right now of like specific events in the stories of the Bible that took place in the morning. Creation. Thank you. What else? You know, it's really hard to hear through your masks. <laughs> um, so I'll just ask you uh, to go a little bit louder. Somebody who just said something. The resurrection, that was in the morning. That's kind of a big one in the Bible. Yes, thank you. Yeah, what, you can't top that one. Just don't even bother. Let go of the idea that you would top the resurrection. What else happens in the morning in the Bible? There's the verse where Peter says, uh, we're not drunk because it's 9 a.m. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there is a verse where Peter says, these people are not drunk, it's only 9 a.m. Yes, that, that is in the morning. You're right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Manna? Yes, collecting the manna in the morning. Thank you. Great. What else? The fleece. Oh, there's a great fleece story in the morning. Gideon and the fleece. Yeah. Anything else? What time was it when Peter realized that he had denied Jesus three times? Yes. Yeah, that was the morning. What time was it when Jacob was given a new name after wrestling with... Who was that? <laughs> All night. Yeah, that was the morning. So it's all through the stories of the Bible. And then it's all through the Psalms in the, in, in the Bible as well. And this kind of gets to what some of you were saying at the very beginning when I first asked the question. Um, it's, it's like mercy and joy. All these things come in the morning, right? 
the, the call to worship that Penny read today from Psalm 50 says, The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth, kind of like a sunrise. Or Psalm 130, the song that we sang at the beginning is based on um, Martin Luther's translation of, of, of Psalm 130, or a hymn that he wrote based on Psalm 130. Um, My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. So I want to look for a few minutes at this specific psalm that was read just a few minutes ago, which is Psalm 143. And so if you have your Bibles out and want to look at it with me, you can do that, or you can just kind of be present with this experience and, and follow along without, without having the text in front of you. First of all, I will acknowledge that this, like many of the Psalms, seems oddly specific to somebody being chased down by their enemies, right? This experience was more common in the ancient world than it is now for us in the Western world, right? Um, and so, especially given that you know, I teach a, a nonviolent version of Christianity because Jesus taught a nonviolent version of the world and exhibited that in his life and, and death and conquered that in his resurrection. Um, some of the, the battle and fighting and stump on my enemies kind of stuff that we see in the Psalms, I think, is not actually consistent with the Jesus way of thinking about the world, um, which it makes it all the more interesting that it's in the Bible. For those of you who might struggle with that language of enemies and that doesn't really apply to you right now or maybe you don't want to indulge that tendency that we all have to, to be violent or retributive, um, perhaps you could think about enemies as whatever is troubling you right now. Could you, could you beg God to stomp on the neck of whatever's troubling you right now? Let's look at verses 3 and 4. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing my life to the ground, making me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. Have you felt that way recently? Have you felt that way a lot recently? There's something powerful in admitting that you feel that way. There's something deeply spiritual about saying in a religious setting, singing, like these were sung in worship, these psalms. My spirit faints within me. So many times we're expected to come into church like, I'm so happy to be here, and and I am happy to be here. I hope that a lot of you are too. But if that becomes being forced to pretend that we're happy about everything happening to us, that is not spiritually healthy. Thank God for the Psalms that remind us that that's not always where we are. Look at verses 5 and 6. I remember the days of old. I think about all your deeds. I meditate on the work of your hands. I, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. How many of you have, were, maybe were raised in the church or, 
or became a Christian quite a long time ago or have been religious or spiritual in some way for quite some time, and you've had these experiences in your past that are so powerful and so real. And when you get to like the verse four moment and your spirit is fainting within you, you that stuff is just distant memories. That's just gone. The psalmist calls us to remember those moments. And the truth is, sometimes when we remember back to those spiritual high moments, I think of some of them that I've had and I think, wow, whoever that person was just didn't understand the world completely. Or, boy, I sure saw God a lot differently back then. Or, I'm embarrassed that I acted that way. Or, all kinds of things. But the truth is, all of these experiences that we've had with God have been real experiences that we've had with God. And God met us where we were each one of those times. And thankfully, there's lots of other memories of spiritual experiences that I've had that are not embarrassing or that I haven't moved on from or that I can still look to and draw some source, some strength from as a source. Right? I hope that you have those as well. And this psalm pairs this idea of remembering the days of old with this image of stretching out your hands to God. Like you're reaching back for that time when things made more sense. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Verses 7 and 8. Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I shall be like those who go down to the pit. There's a sense of urgency in this psalm. I feel like the urgency has been beaten out of me, especially the COVID urgency. Right? I mean, I hate to make everything about that, but it's, it's constantly with us, isn't it? You could be struggling with something completely different, maybe related, maybe not. And if you've been struggling with it for a long time, the urgency might be gone. You might be, oh, oh Lord. You know, like I have an autoimmune disorder that sometimes I pray to God to help me with, and it's like, well, I had it for a long time at this point. Those prayers aren't very urgent anymore. This psalm calls me to an urgency. Answer me quickly, O Lord. And here I'm just going to land this plane on a new day. Because verse 8 says, Let me hear of your steadfast love in the morning. For in you I put my trust. Teach me the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. Let me hear of your steadfast love in the morning. You've been watching through the night. When it's been dark for so long and the sun just begins to peek up over the horizon. That's what the psalmist wants from God. Let me see your love like I see the sunrise after a dark night. Can I have just a glimpse of orange peeking over the hills. 
and teach me the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. This verse especially, for me, was the one that was like, boom. Whatever this new day is going to be, and have I mentioned that this feels different to me than I thought it was going to feel six weeks ago? (laughs) Whatever this new day is going to be, and I was like despondent for a couple of days there, sitting in my office going, oh, this again. Teach me the way I should go, Lord, because I am out of ideas. I thought I had some, and then... Whew. Next week, we're going to look at the book of Ecclesiastes. You know, because it's the, you know that song, To Everything, Turn, Turn, Turn. That's based on this passage, and Ecclesiastes is very famous. And the book of Ecclesiastes is like, it has that one little moment of like, da, 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 da. And the rest of it is like, this is awful, nothing matters, just go ahead and eat and drink and then die. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <laughs> can you guess which part we're going to talk about next week? <laughs> But yeah, and it uses, the reason I said that is the book of Ecclesiastes, it, it's, some translations say everything is meaningless, right? But the word is hebel in Hebrew. I know like two Hebrew words, and this is one of them. And it means breath, right? It's very um, onomatopoetic, hebel. And um, good luck with the auto-captioning zoom. <laughs> um, it means breath. Everything is like vapor. Oh, the vapor of it all. So, spiritually speaking, are you a night owl or an early bird? Spiritually speaking, it's almost, it's almost 11 in the morning. Are you awake? If you are spiritually asleep right now, There may be good reasons. You might be super fatigued. You might have been spiritually pulling all-nighters for a long time. I'm going to spiritually gently try to wake you up. I'm going to very cautiously put my hand on your shoulder and see if I can nudge you just a little bit. Can you wake up to a new day with God right now? Again, very gently, unless... Unless you've been oversleeping out of spiritual laziness or drunkenness or something, in which case I'm pounding on your door, telling you that the bus is just one block away. And you better put a shirt on and get going. Right? Some of us do need to hear that sometimes, right? I'm not a very shouty pastor, as you know. But if, just like pretend I'm shouting if you know that you need to be shouted at, okay? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> For the rest of you, I want to I I be a spiritual sunrise alarm clock for you. Right? I want to just help you imagine that the light is growing brighter now. Right? I want to help you begin to wake up to something new, to a new day. After a long, dark night, what does it look like? What does it mean to you? to have a new day with God, a new day in the world. I'm going to read those verses from Psalm 143 again, and and it was 3 through 8, if you were keeping track. 
I'm going to read them all at once right now and encourage you to make this a prayer. Right? We do this in Lectio Divina a lot where we read and pray at the same time. And this prayer will look and sound, or if you spoke it, it would sound different for each and every one of you. But make these words the basis for a prayer right now. With Whatever God needs to say to you, will you listen? Whatever you need to say to God, will you say it? For the enemy has pursued me, crushing my life to the ground, making me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I think about all your deeds. I meditate on the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear of your steadfast love in the morning, for in you I put my trust. Teach me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. I'll give you just a minute to finish your prayer. God, hear the words of our prayers, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.